Welcome, marketing planning students and the course MKTG 4900. We welcome you to this additional podcast lecture addressing the final exam chapters. And we are in the marketing mix, chapter six, seven, eight and nine, but we will be covering them in the sequence that marketing mix is applied in the real world, which would be product chapter six. We skip price chapter seven until last. And today we're in chapter eight, place channels, marketing channels, then chapter nine promotions, and we'll come back to chapter seven price. Why? Because in the real world, you cannot complete price strategy until you have all of the cost from the decisions in the other three marketing mix elements. And so we are handling things as we always do in the way marketing is done. The introductory theme song, hopefully you enjoyed that interlude. It was Let Life Flow and the marketing channels and logistics strategy deal with, you guessed it, the marketing channels flows. We have to let them flow from the marketer supply to the customer demand. And these are our marketing channels lifelines because the market and our brand value does not have life if there are no marketing channels flows. And therefore, the theme song, Let Life Flow. Roll with the punches, roll with the punches, but let life flow. So as we begin, I'm asking you to recall that this podcast lecture is a verbal narrative given to you not to be listened to for the words in the podcast alone, but to be used as a verbal narrative to support your visual narrative provided by the textbook slides, as well as the textbook description itself. And ultimately, this verbal narrative is intended to provide you with improved understanding of the concepts that will support and align with your study narrative for the final exam, pool questions, and answers. Hopefully it will be useful in that regard. As we turn now to your slides, I will reference the slide number as part of the combined section two in KTG 4900 slides, as well as oftentimes the number of the slide itself, typically located in the lower right-hand corner. And we are beginning with your slide 52, 
labeled slide 8-1, the opening slide, cover slide for chapter 8, developing channel, marketing channel, and logistics strategy. As we go into chapter 8, we begin to see what channel strategy is. And again, we can use the term marketing channel when we see the word channel. How and when and where to make goods and services available, that's channel strategy. We choose different marketing channel structures and strategies of intensity depending on where our marketing objectives suggest the understanding of the target market's preferences for how the timing for purchasing or accessing, when, and not only timing in terms of how, but methods for how customers prefer to access in person, online, in a warehouse, in a discount store, in an upscale premium store, have the products demonstrated with high service, figure the products out and shop on their own with low service, a wide variety of how, in addition to how pertaining to um, time period and scheduling, as well as when pertaining to specific hours of operation. Of course, where is a physical location, and we'll hear a lot about location, but where is also a digital location? Is it a particular website, social media platform, or mobile device or app? And that is the channel's responsibility for making goods, and services available to customers. And then the decisions also have to be based on being compatible with other marketing mix strategy elements. We have already had an explanation in the prior lecture on the marketing mix as four elements of integrated, harmonizing, blended ingredients that present a unified common offering for the brand to be understood by consumers as a unified offering. Although to develop and formulate the marketing mix strategy, we have to address these four basic element functions individually. So obviously now in the place strategy, we cannot develop channel strategy in isolation. It has to be developed mindful of how it is compatible with the product element, the promotions element, which will be developed, and the price element, which will be developed. You have to have a thorough understanding of the target market. Besides developing a marketing mix, we are ultimately satisfying customers. Marketing is a customer-oriented practice and strategic approach, and so everything is dependent on our understanding of the target customer. We have to have an understanding of the environment. You know that we have addressed the importance of the external environment, and I specifically highlight how underappreciated the influence and impact of the external macro environment trends are because we do not control them, and the external environment 
factors impact everything macro in the environment. Macro means everything. The entire society, all customers, all companies, all industries, government, everything is affected by the external environment. So it makes sense when we're coming to develop the place and channel strategy to look at that external environment as we did for the overall business planning for opportunities and threats. We continue to do that as we formulate channel strategy. And of course, the type of product or service, its characteristics and stage in the product life cycle will influence and determine the correct type of channel strategy. We look at this value chain in your slide 54 that is labeled 8.3 as the primary model for marketing channel strategy, particularly from the planner's perspective. You know, we speak a great deal in this course about not merely regurgitating the nomenclature and vocabulary of marketing principles that has addressed all of the concepts we encounter in the marketing planning course. We're never going to address new concepts because all of the marketing concepts are already addressed in the principles course. We don't have a new set of concepts that are more specialized, more highly refined to give you in your upper level courses. We merely give you a more focused and refined perspective to appreciate how to use them in particular as a planner. This is different from other business functional areas like accounting and finance, which actually do introduce new types of statements, new types of analyses, new formulas as they uh, deliver more advanced upper level courses. We do not. So it's important to take Wood's very uh, expert approach, and we've addressed this before, of using very simple methods to convey a refined and improved approach for planning or the planner's perspective. That's been Wood's method. And that approach is one that requires you as students to not merely look at a simple framework or look at a few uh, pages that has a concise description and determine, oh, it's not that important. It's just a simple framework or it's just describing a concept in a paragraph or a page. No, read more deeply everything that Wood presents is very well refined and intended to make simple better. That you use the simplicity of Wood and how she presents material to aid you in filtering out what is not needed in terms of the abundance of information and terminology to try to cover everything as is done in principles of marketing and focus in, in a way of honing in on the most important aspects of concepts and the most important application of concepts for the marketing planners in the C-suite. And so it is true in our chapter eight with the marketing channels, Wood immediately goes to the value chain. This is another of the 
concepts and models pioneered by the great Michael Porter, who you may recall is also the pioneer of competitive advantage and sources of competitive advantage, as well as in terms of the um, competitive advantage um, uh, types of competitive advantage in terms of cost differentiation and uh, niche uh, where you have low cost or differentiation within a specific subsegment of the market. And so those are the types of competitive advantage, but the uh, sources uh, of competitive advantage in terms of power, uh, Michael Porter uh, presents as rivalry, the supplier power, the buyer power, as well as substitutes and new entrants. Again, these are competitive strategy for all of business, not just marketing, that are attributed to Michael Porter. And the reason I raise them is as we introduce the value chain, which is another aspect of Michael Porter's strategic modeling for all of business, I want you to connect the value chain as a larger planning perspective way of viewing marketing channels. So if value is the main objective and competitive uh, sources of competition and, and types of competition have already been introduced by Michael Porter as ways of maximizing the value of the overall corporate advantage or competitive advantage, we now can see that the value chain takes these broader competitive strategy models and brings them down to what can be called the nuts and bolts of how the company puts together its value creation and delivery in such a way to actualize the competitive advantages it has already accrued by following those other models of sources and types of uh, competitive uh, advantage. So the value chain is how the particular company within the marketing function now puts together a channel of intermediaries who will be best able to deliver the value that the company has created or nonprofit has created in the product element. We now have go from creating value or value creation in the product element to delivering value or value delivery in the place marketing channels element. And so the value chain is this chain that connects supply chain, bringing resources in, including people, technology, and materials, and information, and the demand chain deploying value into the market where customers are in a way that the customers perceive what we deliver as having value. So the value chain connects the supply chain and the demand chain but it does so through the marketing channel where we select particular structure of intermediaries who are best able to assemble that value as it moves through the various flows of the distribution channel. 
So with that broad context, we can now see that the value chain itself, these nuts and bolts of building a competitive advantage by not only creating value, but delivering value. This value chain is a series of interrelated value-added functions and the structure of the organizations performing them. Notice it uses the term organizations, plural, and we'll find that's because the value chain is an interorganizational structure of the marketing channel that encompasses not just our organization as the brand marketer, but other organizations like distributors and retailers and agents and brokers as well. On the inbound side, the value chain shows the supply chain. What comes in as inputs for creating value. And on the outbound side, the value chain shows the demand chain. As I've already mentioned, it integrates both of them. Of how that value is delivered and made available for consumers to acquire value for satisfaction. We see the picture of the value chain in your slide 55, labeled 8.4, and we can see that at the inbound side, supply chain into producers, that's us, the brand producers or manufacturers, and then the outbound side, which this chapter 8, Marketing Channels, addresses is delivering value through our channel structure of intermediaries and ultimately to the uh, customer who determines the ultimate value from how well our offerings satisfy them. Notice that on top, we see the flows of the lifeline of the marketing channel. Let life flow. And those flows include products, include data, include uh, financial flows of money, and also include other forms of information like promotional flows. And therefore, it is the channel that becomes the lifeline between the brand manufacturer and suppliers as well as the lifeline between the brand manufacturer or producer and channel members and customers. It is the channel that lets the market life flow. We see the description on, our, on your slide 56 of the three flows identified in the diagram as products, data, could be all forms of information and money or financial flows. We see that this value chain is not merely a sequence of interlocking links, but it is a progression, not just a sequence, this comes first, this comes second, this comes third, but a progression that at each successive stage in the value chain from supplier and inbound to producer, to channel members, to customers, the value is added. Additional value is accrued by the brand 
product or service at each stage along the marketing channel value chain. We find that services like tangible goods have a value chain and that marketing planners for services must face the same kinds of supply challenges, particularly for labor, which are the uh, a critical uh, resource for delivering value in services. And although uh, services have what's called uh, simultaneous consumption and uh, production, they are consumed and produced simultaneously because the consumer and the producer have to be uh, present for a service to be produced or consumed. You can think about yourself going into a hair care facility and you're present and the hair care provider has to be present. If the hair care provider is present with all of their equipment and you're not present, the service can't be produced. If you're present and the hair, hair care provider is not there, the service cannot be uh, produced. We've already introduced this as inseparability of supply and demand of provider and consumer in your principles course. The services chapter regards this as inseparability is also regarded as co-creation and here simultaneous production and consumption. That's the way services are. Same thing with any service, healthcare provider, real estate provider, legal service provider, um, car service provider, the consumer or the consumer's possessions or items or properties have to be present as well as the producer or provider of the service. Sorry to take so much time to elaborate on that, but I wanted to make sure you understood what is mentioned here in this slide about simultaneously produced and consumed. But because of that simultaneous consumption and production in services channels, the flows and logistics have to be extremely well calibrated so that supply and demand are well matched. You cannot have a healthcare provider present and say, oh, I'm sorry, we don't have the healthcare supplies right now. Can we reschedule you? That could lose you a customer. Similarly, say for healthcare, if you have all the supplies, but you haven't done due diligence in reaching out and scheduling and rescheduling and reminding consumers to show up, then those services that are planned to be delivered will not be delivered because patients will miss appointments. Again, just emphasizing that in the value chain of marketing channels for services, the match in the value chain between supplies being delivered and consumers being available and present are essential because you will lose consumers or waste costs uh, on supplies. Now we move to planning the channel strategy, which is really the focus of the marketing planner's perspective. Each organization must make the decisions as to which channel functions they will cover. And if they don't feel that they are equipped to cover those functions, they have to select organizations that can, and those become their marketing channel members or intermediaries. 
Then once they select them, how will they handle those different functions of the marketing channel flows? Who will handle which functions? And there can be multiple channel members or organizations that handle uh, the same flow, such as a financial flow or a information flow. But who will handle them and how will they handle them in particular roles? Once you've determined that, the brand manager has to determine how many levels to use in their channel structure. That will be also determined by their capacity and how many or what types of channel organizations and which specific wholesale distributors and which specific retail outlets to use. Let's keep in mind that we are planning channel strategy and logistics for both business to consumer and business to business or organization customers or industrial customers as well. So we're putting these channels together for both B2C and B2B. Now we begin to look at not just the channel strategy of functions and organizations, but more particularly at the types of channels functions that will be used for the, for the planners to decide which channel strategy and how the channel will be structured to support that strategy. The first task is deciding on the types of channel functions. We have to look at the volume, amount, or offer um, for consumers to satisfy their needs. How much product has to flow? How much data has to flow? That quantity and its specificity will determine which types of functions need to be performed. And once we determine that, we can decide, can we as the manufacturer or producer perform that function? And if we can't, we need to know what other type of intermediary wholesale distributor or retailer can handle that matching of volume and amount to offer uh, goods and services in the marketplace that meet the broad market for customer needs. So we then have to provide intermediaries and customers with product and market information. Can we do that? If not, we have to choose intermediaries to do that. Contacting and negotiating with customers and managing and maintaining relationships with customers and other marketing channel members. Are we good at that? Do we have contact and sales personnel? Or if not, if we're, our capacities are primarily focused on manufacturing and developing uh, the product and designing it and working with suppliers and not so much at working with intermediary wholesalers and retailers and customers, we have to find wholesalers, distributors, and retailers who can do that or even contract with specific agents uh, who can maintain those contacting and negotiating functions to make sure information flows about the customer to sustain the relationships. Then there is the issue of product flows, the logistics of transporting and storing or warehousing and inventorying and handling the material, literally called material handling, the products. 
Can we do that as the producers? Can we also amass a fleet of trucks? Can we also build warehouses and strategic locations and hire the personnel and manage the inventory and material handling and packaging and sorting that needs to be done? If not, we have to find the organizations that can and assemble a structure for the marketing channel to support our strategy by making sure those types of functions are addressed. And now the decisions regarding uh, channel functions are set forth. We have, to we have a configuration of functions that we've determined have to be tailored to our products and markets that we desire to enter. And we have to determine which functions are best handled by us and which are handled by another intermediary organization, ch marketing channel member, and to determine who the channel intermediary should be to handle them. Should it be a wholesaler who has the capacity to do this? Should it be a wholesaler and a retailer? Or it may be a large retailer like Walmart that has the distribution and transport and logistics capacity uh, within its own organization. And we may not need a wholesale intermediary if we have a reseller who can handle that function. Keeping in mind, these could also be B2B channels and we have industrial distributors or the B2B customer themselves may have warehouses. And of course, the compensation for the intermediaries for performing these functions.